thorny as we venture into the R&R, two truths are consistent. We love our dear Montana state and we love great beer. And you know who else feels the same? Jeremiah Johnson Brewing. Brewed in the heart of Montana in downtown Great Falls, Jeremiah Johnson takes Montana's finest ingredients to craft some of Montana's favorite beers. And now, Jeremiah Johnson's second tap room is open in downtown Coeur d'Alene. Their Citra IPA is probably one of my favorites, but we all know, Thorny, you're not the hop lover I am. You're more of a mountain man scotch ale. Well, Foley, I'm certainly not a mountain man, but you are right. I do love their mountain man scotch ale. But come game day, you and I are both cracking their golden bobcat pale ale. So when you're looking for a quality craft beer brewed with Montana roots, a relaxing tap room, or just a six-pack to take to your favorite bobcat tailgate, Jeremiah Johnson delivers. Make your next beer a Jeremiah Johnson, and as always, go Cats. Welcome everybody to the RNR Catcats, a fan-based podcast focusing on Montana State athletes. We're two dudes named Ryan from the state of Washington talking about our dear Montana State. We hope you enjoy. Alright, welcome back Bobcat fans. Well, thanks for joining us on another episode of the RNR After Dark. Thorny, we're here after a well a win against Idaho State, a 27-9 win. We're going to break down that here in a moment. But first, we're going to get into the news that is around the big sky. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, man. And I think uh, you said it best. It was a win. That's really about the it most I can win. say about it. It was a victory <laughs> of sorts. <laughs> it's still fresh in us. It's like it's it's something that we're just really processing right now. And that's what makes this episode so fun is this is our instant reaction yeah. to this game. We'll probably yeah, formulate we'll opinions as we talk during this. So it's like, wait, no, this is how I feel about it. So <laughs> no time to digest or write things down. This is off the cuff, off off the top of the brain. I bet you I feel better about this game on Monday. I I'll guarantee I will actually. feel better tomorrow. Always, always do. All right. All right, let's get right into the big sky. Uh, I'll just start by going down what ESPN says. Again, Montana State won at home against Idaho State. Idaho State came in at one and five, or excuse me, that correct? Yes, one and five. Montana State improves to seven one five and zero in the Big Sky Woo. Conference. And uh, I said it once, but I'm going to say it again. We beat them twenty seven to nine. I said I wouldn't do that anymore, but. <laughs> Couldn't pass it up. I missed it last week. <laughs> keep it going. Keep it going. All right. Moving down the list then, we got, I think it must have just went final because it says end of fourth on my screen here. Northern Colorado escapes Cedar City with a 17-9 victory over the Thunderbirds. And uh, <laughs> man, yeah, they did it. They got their third win of the season. There it goes. It just went to final. Just looking at it just right now. 17-9. Congratulations. Fighting McCaffrey's. Yes. They must have... Uh, rejoined the bottom half of the clipboard to the top half of the clipboard and reunited. And now they were able to get a win. The big sky directional school bowl. Yeah. That's no kidding. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Good for Northern Colorado, I guess. Right. Sure. Whatever. Uh, Down in Sacramento, the Hornets are taking it to the Northern Arizona Lumberjacks 37-0. 
I said it last week, Northern Arizona remains a mystery. Maybe uh, the Sac State Hornets are now on like this trajectory that shot them out of Missoula last week, and now they're just going to blow by everybody. I probably expect that to happen looking at their schedule. They have a, the easiest schedule in the big sky. So Sac State's just being Sac State, 37-0. 34 points in the second quarter. Am I reading that correctly? Holy cow. I'm not seeing that, but uh, I didn't click on it. So yeah, 30, oh, yeah, 34 <laughs> points. <laughs> Some of them must've happened there. Um, yeah, crazy. Uh, yeah, good, good win Ooh. for the Hornets. And, uh, as now they and the Bobcats are in the driver's seat for winning the conference, assuming that they close this game out. UC Davis able to not win convincingly, but handle their business against Cal Poly 24 to 13 in a game that was like 10 to seven at halftime. So, UC Davis continues to be strong. I think they move to, I don't know if these are the updated totals or not. Are they seven and one or eight and one? They must be seven and one. So seven and one here. Yep. Um, still ranked 10th, probably move up a little bit in the rankings, but good win for Davis. I think UC Davis is overranked. 24 to 13 over Cal Poly. Um, I think that I might agree with just um, based on that score alone. Yeah. I thought I thought that game was going to be close, and it was. I thought Cal Poly even had a chance of making an upset. I didn't think Davis was going to blow him out of the water. All right, a big win for Weber State over here in Cheney. Holy cow, that was a nail biter for them too. They had a double score lead in the fourth quarter. This game was won by Weber State, thirty-five thirty-four. They sealed it on. A fourth down play, excuse me, a third down play where they had to pick up like nine yards. They did a scamper. Randall Johnson came in in the end. Uh, Bronson Barron got dinged up in his thumb. Woo! The the fighting uh, Eagles came back in the fourth quarter, too. They scored two quick touchdowns, made it close, and then they missed a point after <laughs> to, to really make it. And they they would have had it tied up, but they missed the PAT. Oh, my word. Like two and, and a half minutes in the Eastern game. Lost. They missed the extra point, and I'm I text you I'm like, it doesn't matter. The Eagles are going to find a win to win this game. That's just what the Eagles do, and uh, they could have. Yeah, so right. Congratulations, man! Good, good win for Weber State, and I think that definitely makes our win in Ogden. You look even uh, a little bit better, in my opinion. Yeah, I was going to ask you that. I, I would agree with that. All right, the last game of the on the docket was just got over was uh, the Grizzlies went into Idaho and beat them, doubled them up a little bit more than doubled up. Doubled them up at 34-14. I thought Montana looked really good in this game. I thought uh, they had at least two touchdowns called off against penalties. The Grizz looked like the Grizz of the first couple of weeks against a hapless Idaho. Yep, it'll be interesting to see uh, how Chris Brown progresses. And uh, if Cam Humphrey does come back, who's going to be the starter? All righty. So that's around the big sky. Montana State is at the top, Thorny. You tweeted that out on the RR today. Yeah, with uh, Eastern going down, you know, Sac State's going to win, but they'll be 4-0. So we're sitting at 5-0, so it doesn't matter. We're going to be 5-0. Um, so we are number one. Pretty awesome. That's in the good category. Top of the big sky, undefeated in the big sky. Can't argue with that. Yeah, we really control our destiny at this point. All right, well, let's get into the game that happened in Bozeman. It looked like a nice a Saturday afternoon. I did not catch the attendance, although it looked pretty big. 19,297 because I had that in my good category. Ooh, Over 19,000 again. Is. It's good. 
And yeah. So Montana State has had great home crowds this year. It was sunny for the most part, and then it looked to be kind of windy, that classic type of late fall afternoon in Bozeman. Montana State, again, like I said, closed out the game with a 27-9 score. This game just felt a little bit weird. Let's not get into the weird. Let's let's stick with the script. Let's go with the good, the bad, and the ugly. And Ryan and I are going to parse this out. And, of course, we'll have our full episode coming up later this week. All right, so I'll start. Why don't you start? Yeah, sure. I'll go uh, with the good. I'm going to start off with an easy one there. Trey Anderson played very well. He led the team in tackles. I think he ended up with like 15 tackles. I wish 16. I had the team. 16. Yeah, I don't have the stats. Do you have the stats in front of me or in front of you? In front of me. Do you know if they're in front of me? <laughs> well, I know he had 16 with nine solo tackles. Yeah, and he had the pass breakup that should have been an interception. I don't. I think he may have gotten a sack or a tackle for loss. He had, he just had his highest total output of the game. The 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 Bobcats had like twice as many tackles as the Bengals did because basically <laughs> the Bengals ran twice as many plays. It was crazy. The Cats had like eighty some tackles in the in the. <laughs> I think I saw the stats. So just a crazy crazy game that was controlled um, time of possession wise by the Bengals, which allowed Troy Anderson to have sixteen tackles. So good game by Troy. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned time of possession. That was crazy. The Bobcats only had the ball for 17 minutes and 43 seconds. The Bengals possessed <laughs> the ball for 42 minutes and 17 seconds. That is wild. <laughs> this is completely wild. Holy smokes. Wow. So, well, I guess we'll probably talk about that. But right now, just that just that fact, just that stat, when I saw it, I was just like, it's a head scratcher. I don't, I don't really know what's what that means right now. Uh, I'll have to go back and look at the game. I just rewatched the game, Ryan, an hour ago. Yeah, and you, I'm still you the a little bit confused by this. <laughs> yeah, I did. I was at my son's cross country meet. He was in the second grade, all city cross, cross country meet over here in Spokane. So I was getting your updates, but I went back and watched, I watched the, the game in full and I'm still kind of just a head scratcher of a game. Um, but let's get into my good real quick. I thought the Tommy Malott package was good. Every time he came in, he's providing a spark. There's a couple different wrinkles we were doing. He had one bad pass that I thought if, you know, just put it right on Cam Gardner right there, maybe huge pickup or if he faked the pass and just put his foot in the ground, he had one guy to beat. So other than that, the Tommy Malott package, he hits the hole hard. He's a fast runner. He's a physical runner. It's just positive stuff when he gets out there. And just reminds me, I think Jeff Choate would have like uh that's that's like that perfect Jeff Choate quarterback. And sure. I I can't I couldn't help but say his name, Jeff Choate. I know, right? Maybe we try not to say <laughs> that coach anymore. <laughs> but uh he just reminds me of quarterback that would uh that Choate would have loved. But yeah, good on Tommy Malott. He's he's doing a really good job in that duty. If so I don't throw a pass, there was a Golden Cooley question we answered a few weeks ago. If he if if he would throw a pass first or catch a pass first, and I picked catch a pass. Darn it! So mm-hmm. he threw a pass. So yeah, good good on Tommy Malott. Um, my good category has to include Stones Glessner, fifty four yard field goal like it was nothing. Stones two for two now for the game. He's like something like I don't know fifteen to seventeen for the year. I think he's leading the Big Sky. He might be leading the country in made kicks or I don't know. Just another awesome game by him, and I think in a pretty windy environment, man, just gotta love having a kicker like that. Such a such a advantage to have. He's so dialed in. He is stones. He's got the stones. 
Hey, another thing that's really good, the Bobcats are seven and one. Man, feels good. <laughs> We're sitting here a little bit grumpy about this win, but the Bobcats are seven and one atop the Big Sky Conference. There's nothing to be sad about right now. And I guess the, awesome, this could be a good category too. Cause yeah, seven to one, we get the bye week and the bye week made me think about all the guys that could be recovered from injury. So now I'm thinking like, man, it's still good that we held them to nine points when Callahan O'Reilly, Tyrell Thomas and Chase Benson were all missing from action in the game. We still held them to nine points and they had the time of possession. Like you said, what? 42 minutes, 44 minutes, whatever it was. Oh and still, yeah. Uh, we held them to like three three yards of play or something like it. It looked worse watching the game, but you go look back at the stats, like really not that bad when you look back at it. Nine points. So that's my good category, holding them to under 10 points still, even with a uh, depleted defense. Another thing I would put in the good quarter, or excuse me, the good is the fourth quarter, at least for our offense. Our offense looked like the offense of early October in the fourth quarter. Matt McKay seemed more like himself. The guy just needs to get in the groove is what my take on him right now. And he got in the groove. He had a couple miss uh, passes early on in the first quarter. But the fourth quarter came along and he was hitting his uh, receivers. Lance McCunchen wasn't doing him any favors. He had a couple, two big drops in the fourth quarter. Uh, we still scored touchdowns on those drives. But Matt McKay and the offense looked like their normal selves in the fourth quarter. And I was happy to see that, especially going into the bye, because I did not want to go into the bye. One, letting them score at the very end. And so I'm glad we didn't let them score at the very end. And two, just that positive momentum in the fourth quarter, I thought is so important to, to just like this positive momentum going into this bye week before Eastern. Yep. Momentum is huge. And that's definitely the last thing I want to say in the good category. Uh, we got about eight minutes left on our time frame of 20 minutes here. And I, I think we're going to have a lot more to talk about in the bad and ugly category. So shall we switch over? Let's do it. All right, I'm going to, just as you're talking about how Matt McKay found a stride in the second half, and that could be in the good category too, just him bouncing back. But man, this first half, first three quarters, he he was not very sharp. He was missing plays. He just looked, I don't know, he just looked off. Like the whole team kind of looked off. Everyone looked flat. Everyone looked like they were maybe still recovering from the the, the physical mall, the fight in the phone book, phone booth, phone book. In Ogden, um, everyone just still maybe hurting a little bit from that or deflated or whatever. Just look, we just look flat. We kind of look flat the whole game. Um, even Daniel Hardy really was his most silent game, I think, as a Bobcat this year. He really didn't do a whole lot. He made a sack or something later in the game. So just the flatness of the team and in particular, Matt McKay um, starting out, we just looked, didn't look very good. Didn't look very sharp. Yeah. McKay was four for nine for 26 yards in the first half. Ugh. That's like Weaver. That's not good. That's, yeah. And Idaho State is no Weaver. <laughs> he was like in a vortex of suckiness for like seven quarters. Yeah. No, yeah. Basically, since the Weaver State game, it, he's been in a funk, but I think I think he did come out of it. So I, there's some optimism for sure coming out of that. Yeah. Uh, so to kind of pile on that, one of the very first things, I just felt like the offense has been out of sync for a while we haven't had any rhythm we haven't had any consistency the run game has been spotty we have these big chunk plays but not like consistent like five six yard gainers where we can just start leaning in on the offense or excuse me the defensive line 
So, yeah, just very like it's either been really good or kind of just really bad. So the offensive out of sync has been a, a very concerning thing in the last two games. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the hit there. And uh, switching over to the defense, man, I just did not like how easy it was for them to run the ball up the middle. We we got there eventually with the, the linebackers and the secondary, but the running backs were going three or four yards without being touched half the time. I think our, I know we're missing Chase Benton. I know Chase Benton is extremely important. Uh, I didn't, I don't know if I knew he was quite that important. Like his, his absence was notable. Like we were getting blown off the ball and yeah, he was getting the running backs were getting to the second level before anyone even touched him. And kudos to the Idaho state running backs. They ran hard, man. They were like a bunch of Isaiah Fonzes over there. They were hard to bring down and they fought for every single inch. So kudos to them. But still the fact that, they were just having success running up the middle over and over and over again. And it was like five or six yards every single time. It was very frustrating to watch. They were doing that play really fast. So they would get to the line of scrimmage and hike that Montana state defense was gassed early on. We were having a lot of missed arm tackles and just poor leverage. And so that's something that we can correct, but the Montana state just looked slow and looked tired. Agreed. All right. One thing I wanted to put in the bad category is our the inside slant pass against us. It was there all day long. Uh, Mikey Ryder had said our position, our defensive back position, we have to take away the inside, the 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 zone. We've we've talked about this a couple times this year. The seams in the middle, and it was it was right there for the Bengals all day long. It was, and no pass rush was not helping the situation either. But, I mean, that again, that goes back to Chase Benson demanding double teams, which lets Hardy and Amandre and those other guys make those plays. I don't know if we weren't dialing up the pressure. I don't remember off the top of my head how much pressure we were we were showing or blitzing, but we just couldn't get to him. Even, but and, and he had all day to sit back there and th- throw those stupid slant patterns, which he completed like a handful of those, and they were <laughs> frustrating to watch for sure. Yeah, so... The Bengals had a, a quick strike offense. They didn't hold the ball very long. They were quick to get to the next play. And then when they dropped back in the pass, they were just hitting slants or quick outs. Hunter Hayes was pretty efficient with his passing, although he didn't have gaudy stats. He, it just seemed like he, when he needed a play, it was there. Yeah, it was just um, like the, the, the running the five yards up the middle. Not flashy, but it kept happening. And I just felt like Hunter Hayes kept doing that. But you go, you go back and look at the stats and nothing is as impressive as it looked when you're watching. <laughs> You know, Mon- Montana State was wasn't doing much different on defense. They were just you know trying to stop the run with the four linemen, four down linemen. They weren't sending any pressure. They weren't trying to fill gaps. Otherwise, uh, the the when I was watching the linebackers, they were just sitting there waiting for the running backs to come there, just holding their their gap essentially, not crashing towards it. I don't, I don't know if, what 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 to say about that. But let it come with experience, and uh, that's that's something that could go in the good category, I guess. Um, Lots of guys got some playing time that are going to be needed. We got Danny, you got lots of playing time. Alec Johnson got lots of playing time at linebacker. We got lots of experience, so that's always good. All right. Another thing in the ugly category for me was in the early in the third quarter, Fonte had one of those 60-yard runs when we got down to the five, and I was like, finally, we're just going to bury him right here. Then the next two plays were completely trash. We ran the ball. Well, first we had a, a play where we were going to do a run pass option. McKay fumbled the run pass option. And then we then we were in like second and long. And then we run the same damn play right up the middle. 
And we're sitting there two plays after Fonse just put it right on the five on third and nine. And then, and then we end up kicking a field goal. It was so stupid. I was so ticked off about that play, that whole sequence. It was just, we didn't try to throw a, a jump ball to McCutcheon. We didn't try the Derek Snell little out, little fake handoff, nothing. It was the same damn play over and over again. And I'm just getting sick and tired of the run pass option and just that same play. I don't know, man. I, I'm maybe overreacting to it right now, but it's just was unimaginative. And it was just two quick, two quick downs for a loss. And then all of a sudden we're in third and nine and just squandered the opportunity to just really stick it to them right there. I mean, that could go into something ugly. I think you may have switched to ugly here instead of bad because you said ugly the time. <laughs> it doesn't really matter. Like, uh, just McKay's yeah. continued struggles seemingly making the correct read in the RPO thing um, that just kind of alludes to that. He just, he sometimes he's like, Oh man, he's got it dialed in. Other times he's like, what are you doing, man? It's just like, <laughs> it's just like so yeah. hot and cold. And it, I just would expect it to be more dialed in at this point in the season. I know we have a new offensive coordinator, a new, a new quarterback, a new system, all sorts of new things here, but it still continues to just not look as good as I would expect it to be. It's not getting significantly better, which is could be no. concerning for sure. Our play calling was a little bit better this day or this game. And in looking back, uh, there's a lot of good stuff. A lot of uh, plays that we just left out on the field. A lot of drops. So, so it was, it was better than Weaver as far as play calling in my book. But it is that series just bugged me. Yeah, and the last thing I want to say, I think on the in the negative category, I don't know if it's good or ugly, or I'm sorry, bad or ugly. But yeah, and you mentioned it, Lance, Lance McCutcheon's drops. They were they were killers. He had two catches Ooh. that. Absolutely should have had no reason he sh- shouldn't have had, and it's just not tra- uh, not not traditional. What's the word I'm looking for? Just it's not something he normally does. Typical, like, typical. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> it's not typical of him to make those um, to not make those catches. So um, I had to throw that in there as well. But uh, other than that, man, I don't have a lot more to say in the ugly side of this game. It was a it's just a win. Like yeah. like you said, it was a win. Well, we're gonna dissect this on Monday night for sure. Oh yeah. Plenty to go into there, Ooh. but in my initial like hot take reactions here, I think I, I think it's about everything I want to say here. Well, the the Bobcats are getting a much needed buy at a good time, seven and one. We couldn't have asked for a better start to the beginning of the season. No. I mean, we're nitpicking right now. It doesn't feel good, but on Monday, I think we're going to look back in this game and go, "All right, we took care of business." It's kind of a little bit of a letdown game. Not quite a trap game, but a little bit of a letdown game after a big game on at Weber. But the Bobcats still held court. We're undefeated at home. And who knows? Right now, we have seven wins. That has qualified us for the playoffs before. Yeah. No, and and you're right. This is this is probably about the same time of the season uh, in 2019 where we lost to North Dakota or, you know, right where things were grinding to a halt. So we, if this is our grind to a halt game and it still results in an 18-point win, I'm, I'm all about it. All right, Tony. Well, let's get out of here, buddy. All right. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening to our uh, Saturday Night After Dark episode, Instant Reaction. You can find us on Twitter, RRCatCast. You can find us on the web, RRCatCast.com. You can always find us on Bobcat Nation. We're regular posters there, and we have a couple threads that we have going uh, and continually update. And fully, let's get out of here on this Saturday night with uh, Go Cats. Go Cats. Go Cats. Go Cats.